Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Today, Yatan Bowens is with me, and we are temporarily calling this podcast Establish a Trustworthy System because we're going to talk a lot about trust and the role that it plays in helping an organization get itself up off the ground with agile transformation. Um, but there's a lot of little facets to that, and it's a little bit complicated. So hopefully that title will serve as well. It's, it's also going to be referencing some stuff in a talk that Mike Kottmeyer gave, um, which I'm going to include a link to in the show notes. And I think that talk is called Trust and Trustworthiness, right? Yeah, it's trust versus trustworthiness. Okay. Um, so, Yutan, thank you for being here. Dave, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here too. And for the folks that may not be familiar with you, could you talk a little bit about your background and what you do at LA and um, why this topic is important to you? Absolutely. So, you know, as far as my background, I I grew up, you know, in the product technology, you know, sector, you know, mostly in early stage startup companies, helping them grow. Um, And and in a couple of cases, stayed on with an acquiring company to kind of do product delivery in, in a larger space. Um, and that's kind of where my career progressed. Um, and about two, two and a half years ago, really got interested in how I could take, you know, the knowledge and skills that I had developed, um, over that 20 year span and kind of begin to help really large companies, um, you know, apply a lot of the concepts and and kind of build great agile companies, um, at scale. And so that's how I got connected to leading agile, um, served here as a managing consultant and have been kind of helping. Uh, one of our customer engagements for the last two years kind of achieved their their business goals for Agile. So a bit about my background and what I do. So, so why is this topic important to you? This topic is important to me because I feel like when we go do Agile transformation, uh, it's really important for leaders to be able to connect what's happening uh, in their organization, what we're doing, the systems that we're setting up, how that connects to their most important um, drivers for doing Agile. And sometimes I feel like we don't do a good job as delivery teams of helping leaders understand, you know, the things that we're doing, the activities that we're doing, the, the metrics that we talk about. Those things are really helping you accomplish your business objectives. And so I think it's really important so that leaders can understand how to inspect and understand their systems. And it helps teams have effective communication back to leaders on the things that they're doing, how they're tying to overall business goals. Okay, cool. Thank you. So um, our plan at the moment is for this to be a series of conversations all around the idea of transformation outcomes and what matters to leadership in terms of of agility and transforming your company. Um, But it's kind of riffing off of some stuff that Mike did in a a previous talk, as I mentioned. And I'm going to try to summarize that. And Yutan, let me me know how I do. Um, One one of the things that Mike talks about in in that video is the fact that when, you're, when your company is trying to make this change, um, management has to find a way to be able to trust that the team is going to deliver on what you know, they're saying they're going to deliver on. And the team also has to find a way to trust that leadership is going to let them do the thing. Um, you know, like you're going to have sprints and they're not going to keep trying to keep trying to jam work into it, or they're not going to be making people work with like seven different configurations of teams and things like that. Um, and there is a lot of a- anxiety and many of these organizations organizations are just not structured in a way that can support this kind of work, at least not out of the gate. How am I doing? Yep. That's a- that's a that's a perfect summary. 
Dave, and, and really, you know, you kind of introduced the T word there, trust. Yeah. Right. So whenever we, we introduce the word trust, I think one of the first thing it triggers is how do we feel in our personal professional relationships? Right. Does my boss trust that I'm doing the right thing? Does he trust that I'm competent? Um, does she believe that I'm working on the most important thing? So it really goes to a relationship thing. So what, what we do in our approach to transformation is we really kind of extend that and say, it, it's not all about uh, the base trust, right, that we want to focus on. We want to focus on installing a system that's trustworthy. <laughs> so all the things that you mentioned that help you build trust, right, I'm working on the right things. I'm going to deliver when I say I could deliver. Um, I'm not going to inject work into the system that disrupts your plan. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to follow the process, right? Those are things that build trust. But if you don't have a system <laughs> that measures how you're doing those things that's trustworthy, then right. you can have all the right intentions, but you just don't have a system to support how you want to work. And so that's what we will be focus on and what we mean by installing a trustworthy system. Okay, I want to talk about that in a second, but first I want to extend the thing that we were just talking about and see if, see if this works. Let's say that, that I start to put this stuff into place, um, and it might begin with this sort of, we're just going through the motions kind of approach, but then people start to pick up on it and they start to do it, and then management wants to be able to trust, and then they're going to start asking the teams, like, what's your velocity? I have to trust your velocity so I can plan, so your velocity should be this. I'm trusting in you to hit this velocity. Um, it's like that word can get twisted and wrapped around a lot of different things and used to punch people with instead of building a supportive environment. Right. And so that's a good one, good one, Dave. I think what we have to do and what we do when we go in and, and coach teams is help people at the right levels understand what they should be looking at, right? So I'll give you an example. When we go in and we talk about, hey, why do you all want to do Agile? You know, you know we anchor on kind of the six goals that we believe that, that, that drive companies to go Agile, but two that always come up are about going faster and being responsive. <laughs> right. You no, know, everyone wants to go faster and they faster, like faster, 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 more things. Right, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but, but, but speed means nothing if it's not stable and if it's not predictable. Right. So if you're pushing teams to just do more, but you're not paying attention to how that varies over time, then you're really just saying, if you're going fast, we, we hope and guess that we're working on the right thing. Versus saying, no matter how fast you go, I want it to be stable and predictable so I can trust that when I put something in the system, I know when it will come out, right? And it's yeah. about knowing when you're going to get something. It's not about getting something as fast as you can go if you're not stable yet. So I feel like I keep wanting to play the opposite side of the argument from this. So, so you're talking about the system and management, and I was thinking the whole time about the team my team could be going really fast, but if I don't trust that the direction that I'm getting from management is sound, then it's, it's going to be like one of those um, challenges in Survivor where there's the blindfolded people walking through the maze and the one person shouting instructions at them. And they could be going really fast, but they just keep running into stuff because the instructions are bad. Exactly. And, and what happens is um, when teams run into things, Right, really understanding what those causes are. 
sometimes it may be that you didn't get clear direction. Sometimes it may be you've run into something in the system that's preventing your agility. You've run into a dependency <laughs> that's preventing your agility. Yeah. And the, and the right answer isn't to question the trust of the, of the person whose direction you're following. The right answer is to say, okay, how do we improve this system? Yeah. How do we remove this impediment so I can increase my trustworthiness? And do you think that this plays out on, um, I mean, I know it's going to play out organizationally, like, you know, the organization and the teams and things like that. Do you think it plays out on an individual level as well? Like team member, you know, working with manager, things like that. In what way? Can you clarify that question? Sure. I'm just thinking about the fact that like in, in the video, Mike talks about how it doesn't really work to just say the team for the team to just say, trust us, we'll deliver. Right. Um, and, and it doesn't really work for management to say, trust us, we'll stay out of your way. You know, you have to build this thing inch by inch, you know, testing the waters, kind of making your way through it. Um, but I'm also thinking that maybe that is something, if I'm a leader of an agile team or playing some role as an executive, that that's something that I should be thinking about too, is that every interaction I have with somebody that is the currency that we're talking about. I am trying to invest. I'm trying to build trust. I'm trying to create a better understanding of how we can get to that continuous improvement state where we both believe that we're working with best intent. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Let's, let's, let's talk about that interaction a little bit because this, okay. is, this is really a, this is really important point, right? When it's a, when it's a, a leader interacting with the team, um, you know, thinking about the team, if it's a product owner interacting with engineers, right? What, what, what needs to happen to, to have that be an effective interaction, right? You want to have clear criteria on here's what we're asking for. Like, here's what we want to accomplish. Um, you want to have some clear criteria on here's how, when you're done, here's how I'm going to test that I actually got what I needed. Um, the person building it wants to have clarity on here are the boundaries and here's the boundaries of what I'm building. I want to make sure you understand what we're capable of building. I want you to have clarity of understanding what we don't have capability of building. I want you to understand, you know, the level of complexity of your request, right? Are you requesting something that's more complex? It's going to take more time. And is there a negotiation to have to say, you know what, I don't need it to be that complex. And maybe that makes it simpler to deliver. But those are the kind of conversations that need to happen back and forth even before work starts, because now when you have clarity on, I know what you want me to build. I know how you're going to validate that I built it for you. And I know that you understand the boundaries that I'm operating in. So we have a, a request that a solution that matches what we're capable of building. Right. When you have those kind of conversations, then you're going to have a good result at the end of it. Um, and that again, increases that currency of trust. Okay. So part of that trustworthy system is having that kind of conversation as you're bringing work into the system, working on it, and then accepting that it's done at the end. Yeah. So if I am an organization that is walking towards Agile in some way, um, somebody like you is going to come in and say, look, these are the three things you need to get this up and running to get it, you know, working at a very basic level. Um, there's going to be a, a lack of trust that this stuff will actually like a desire to be able to do it, but a lack of trust that it's actually going to get the thing done. 
-hmm. there's a fear of the unknown when we change from how we're working to this new way of working. And I would imagine on the leadership side, it's exacerbated by the fact that they had a system, waterfall, that didn't really work very well. And they had a plan that was always wrong, but they knew it was going to be wrong when they got it. So at least they could trust that the system wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And now they don't know. <laughs> now it, it yeah, might work. Right. It might, but even, even that, even trusting that the thing's going to break down, you can figure out how you're going to respond when it breaks down. And now it's just this big, scary, unknown thing. So if you're working with leadership, like I always talk about this, like it's, it's like they fall off a cliff or the O expletive moment. Like, how do you get them to just not look down and keep running until they get to the other side? Yeah, so, so a few things, David. Every, everything you just talked about is what we talked about when, talk about when we talk about getting stable or getting predictable. Okay. All right, so, so one of the first things we do is we anchor on the first thing you said, the three things. Yeah. Right? What, what, what needs to be in place <laughs> for there to be a, a, a functioning system that we can make trustworthy? Okay. Right? Got to have backlogs. Teams have to have clarity in the backlogs. You have to have well-formed teams that have the knowledge and skills to deliver what they deliver, like stable teams. And then at the end, you have to be able to produce a working, tested, incremental product. Yeah. So, you know, we anchor on that with the teams, but we also anchor on that with leaders, right? Just going through that narrative, right? Um, thinking about your old waterfall system, you always had a plan that didn't work. Yeah. You think your plan would be better if you had a clear backlog from a team to work from. Yeah, we think we would. Okay, cool. Do you think if you had a team focused that had all the knowledge and skills that they needed to deliver within the team with resources readily accessible, do you think that team can crank out what you need? Yeah. And then do you feel good on the back end that the incremental software you're going to be get is going to be working tested product that you can potentially ship and put in the market? Yeah. Okay, well then if you if we work those things that Everything we're doing, we anchor back on those three things. Okay. But don't you think, I mean, I'm going to go off my own experience and and we may end up not seeing eye to eye on this one. Um, I can imagine management saying yes to all those things. Mm -hmm. Sure. If I had a, you know, a well-organized backlog, things would be better. But there's another part of me, the very theory X part of me that's like, my backlog is fine. That's not the problem. These guys can't deliver. And, and right. it's this, I mean, it's, it's, a. Uh, right. I think there's the trust side of it, but there's also this pushing responsibility side of it too. Right. Yeah. So then, you know, my, my answer to that would be, why do you know why they can't deliver? If you feel like they can't deliver, do you know why? Okay. Um, you know, and if they do, I'll, I'll ask, you know, how do you know? Um, you know, what measures, what specific metrics are you looking at um, to know either that they can't deliver or to understand how they're delivering? In yeah. most companies, there's a feeling that we're not getting enough done. And maybe the waterfall plan, because you keep missing the milestone dates, is telling you not getting things done. But if you ask, do you really understand what's going on? What are the impediments that the teams are facing? Um, what in their system is preventing them from delivering the way that you need them to, and honestly, the way that they probably want to. And so an important part of that is, okay, that's where we're starting. Let's put some, a baseline of metrics in place 
so we understand what's going on. And then let's look at those metrics and find where we have impediments. Yeah. Get an agreement to address <laughs> the impediment and then measure once we remove that impediment, does that increase our flow? Okay. Does that increase our ability to make and meet commitments? Okay. So there's something I want to kind of, kind of going off of what you just said that I want to try to explore a little bit more. Um, and, and what I'm trying to get to is something that is maybe pretty tactical if we can. Sure. You walk into a gig and you're talking about this stuff with the team and, and leadership and you are saying to the team, look, it's really important that you make and meet commitments because they need that predictability so they can run the business. So we need you to make sure that when you say you're going to eat 50 eggs, that you know, you can eat 50 eggs. And, you know, it might take a little while to get there, but that's, that's the first thing we need you guys to be able to do. You know, okay. And we, we can say to management, you need to give them what they need and then stay out of their way and trust that they're going to bring the thing. They're going to eat the 50 eggs by the end um, and not mess with them and not try to help them in, in air quotes. Um, and everybody can agree to that. But in practice, is this, is, is it right to think that there's a point where you're just going to have to say to them, just shh, go sit over there and be quiet for a couple minutes. <laughs> Let's see if they do it. Like, is does that have to happen, or is there a way to to not go through that that awkward moment? Yeah. So, I think the way you don't go through that awkward moment is is I'm going to reframe something you you said at the beginning. Okay. What when we go in, you know, my goal is not to get the team to eat fifty eggs. Okay. the The question I ask is, how many eggs can you? And the team may say 50. And I say, great. Let's look at your track record of delivery to see, do you have a track record of consistently eating 50 eggs? If you do, great. That's one conversation I can go have with leadership. But if your track record isn't 50 and it's 30, then 60, then 20, then, then 65, yeah. I think is, let's, let's do this. Let's put a system in place that can get you consistently delivering the same amount of eggs. All right. And the latter is usually what we find. We usually find that teams aren't, they don't know what they can consistently deliver because they've never created the structure that's focused on them delivering consistently versus trying to go as fast as possible. Okay. That's, that's my team level conversation. Again, I'm trying to, we're trying to get them predictable and stable. Yeah. We're not trying to get them at a certain, a certain speed yet. Now, when I go back to management and leadership, here's yeah. what I say. People may have told you that you have a system that can deliver 50 eggs, but you don't. And you all probably know that because otherwise you wouldn't have brought us in. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to develop a system where we can consistently tell you how many eggs that we can deliver consistently, reliably, in a trustworthy manner without question. Yeah. And now leaders, when you're making decisions on what we're going to do, not going to do, you're going to do that, keeping in mind that my system is only going to be able to deliver this many eggs, but it can deliver that reliably. So okay. now there, there are conversations on both ends, Dave. There's one, the team now, knowing they're not under the pressure to get you know, to a certain speed threshold, but they're to get to a certain level of predictability and then improve can focus on getting stable 
And the leaders who already had a system that they that wasn't trustworthy know that now the decisions they're making are maybe injected into a trustworthy system versus injected into a system that may or may not deliver what they need. Okay. I think that that's really important what you said, especially, I mean, I'm kind of hung up on the team part of it, but the goal is not 50 eggs. The goal is do what you said you were going to do. Yep. And so if you had a, if you needed a metric, it's what percent of your work actually got accepted. Um, now, there's a project manager, a PMP in the back of my brain who is screaming his head off right now saying, they're just going to undercommit every single time. So right. I'm wondering if, I mean, you talked about two different conversations. Is there a point up front where you bring them both together and say, look, we're going to have to establish some kind of basic conversation here around the idea that for this to work, there's going to have to be some give and take, and we're going to trust that we're all going to be working towards the same end goal. Yeah, that, I, that definitely, it definitely is a conversation. And I think the way it starts, you know, I even go back to, you know, to the PMP. Yeah. Why do you think, why do you think the team is under committing? The, you know, why do you think the team is going to undercommit? That's, Typically some of the answers might be they're under committing, <laughs> Because they know as soon as they commit, some additional requests are going to come in, and now they're going to have to fill those requests plus what they committed to. So right. they like, trust in a dysfunctional <laughs> world, right? See, this is this to me. This is a big part of this thing. It's not just we have to establish trust in a new way. We have to trust that we don't have to believe in the broken way. Right. Exactly. And the only thing that, you know, the, or I will say in my experience, the only thing that changes that perspective for you, or the first thing is having a new experience, Okay. right? So the team has to experience, <laughs> we made a commitment that we're going to deliver this unit of work in this increment. Um, and they need to have the experience that unplanned work is not going to get injected into the system. And yeah. that they will have the the system that they need to actually deliver that increment. Once they have that experiment, right? That's why we talk about experiencing this over two or three sprints to start. Right. Then that belief starts to change. The belief of the team that they have to protect against the system changes. The belief of the PMP that the team is really just uncommitting, I mean undercommitting. Yeah. Um, changes. But there has there has to be that experience there um, to change that belief. I like the way you said that you the belief that you don't have to expect. I don't remember the exact words, but the bad behavior from the system. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a lot of habit restructuring that has to take place. I mean, at a fundamental level for any of this stuff to work, or at least an openness to the possibility of things being different. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I think again, rather than relying on the belief, right? So, you know, again, with, with our approach, rather than coming in and kind of trying to inject a new culture <laughs> yeah. and just say, trust that people are going to start acting differently, or rather than coming in and, and injecting a ton of practices and just say, do, do this differently and everything's going to be okay, we're really explicit about coming in and installing the system and using metrics and measures to understand how the system's performing. So let me, let me give an example, kind of what we just talked about, right? Okay. I'm, I'm starting day one. 
I'm, I'm doing sprint planning with a team for the first time. Uh, I'm getting them to commit on a, you know, work that they're going to do in a two week increment. And we have that scenario where they said we have unplanned work that's going to hit us. Um, we have stuff that's going to come up in production that we have to go address. Um, there's going to be some, some defects on some stuff we just did that, that are going to hit us. Right. Um, so if I say day one, don't worry, none of that's going to happen. Everything's going to be perfect for, for, for sprint. Right. That's not really an honest assessment. Right. But what I can't, but what I can say is, okay, team, here's what we're going to do for all of the work that we commit to. We're, we're going to commit to what we think we can get done. We're also going to track the types of work that we get done and get accepted. So at the end of the sprint, we can actually look at, well, did we have a bunch of production issues hit us? Did we have unplanned work get injected? Did we have quality issues that we have to go address? And then we're going to have measures to go look at what that looks like. And then before the next sprint, we can plan for that. Yeah. So if we're you know young in our, in our maturity and we need to do things like, I want to reserve 20% of my capacity for unplanned things because they're just going to come up, we can plan for that. Um, but you have to have the metrics that support that because then what it also allows you to do is as you make adjustments to improve that, you make adjustments to improve your quality so that you are delivering not just working product, but working tested product. Your quality improves so you don't have to reserve capacity for that. As your production environments become more reliable, you don't have to reserve capacity for unplanned incidents to come up. Um, so it's about not just installing this, you know, the system, but also saying early on, we need to measure those things that we think cause us issues. Yeah. So we can, so we can figure out how we want to improve that and then measure our improvement. There's this part of me that really wants to get down to like a fundamental thing of trust that we can like, say like, this is where it starts and kind of where I am at the moment with it is at a very fundamental level, all the sides have to agree to have faith. I mean, trust is, is where I want to get to, but in the beginning, I think it would probably just be faith and belief that this good things will happen if we apply ourselves, um, that we're both, we're all moving towards a better system or a better way of working. Right. And that when we encounter trouble along the way, like if we say, um, we're not going to inject work into the sprint. Okay. So we trust in that. And when that gets broken for whatever valid reason, it gets broken. The trust, the fallback trust is we're going to inspect and adapt and figure out, was that the right thing to do? Was it not? How do we cope with it? Um, so it's like this trust in intention and assumed good behavior, which would have to be followed through on. Yeah, exactly. And, and even for that, Dave, even for that faith, <laughs> yeah, there even has to be a system for that faith to operate, right? So Damn, one of the things we talk about it. with teams. It was so close, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with that faith, Dave, you know, there even needs to be a system in place to help nurture and allow that, that to be in place, right? So again, yeah. I'll, I'll, start I'll start with the teams, right? When we work with teams, we, we focus on working agreements. Like, here's how we're going to work. And when we have something that comes up that we think is going to help cause us to break this working agreement, we have a conversation about it, right? So if our product owner gets off the phone with the CPO and gets a new direction that requires the team to change direction, right? Yeah. It, it's not just going to be an email, hey, 
Now I'm injecting this work, even though we just made this commitment. It's a conversation with the team. Okay. Right? Um, going to the leadership level. <laughs> if the CPO has that agreement, yeah, I'm not going to randomly inject work into my team. I'm going to flow this through the new system of delivery that we've, uh, we've agreed to set up. But he learned something from the market that says we have to make, you know, something like COVID happens. <laughs> yeah. And we got to make this adjustment to address this new market need. He's going to be intentional about, hey, teams, I need to inject this new thing that we need to do. But what you all now have to tell me is, what am I not going to get because I'm injecting this new need? Yeah. It's a, it's a conversation. So, yeah, it definitely has to have but faith. But that, that's a big deal, too, because for that middle yeah. management, like what I've seen in a lot of places is there's coaching at the top and coaching at the bottom. And middle management's like, yeah, we're going to Agile. So do your little scrum thing, but I'm still going to need the Gantt chart and the utilization report and all that stuff because they trust that I'm going to give them to that upstairs. Because nobody told middle middle management, like, it's it's okay. Just chill out for a little bit. Everything's different yeah. now. You're going to have to ask different questions. But you're not expected to produce the same results before as you were before. Yeah, Dave. So that, that communication and that clarity has to happen at all levels. It has to happen with the teams so they understand how they're working and operating. Okay. has to happen with the people leaders of those teams. All right. And then it has to happen with the executive leaders as well um so that's why why part of what we'll do and we'll probably talk about this at some point as well because when we're going in and establishing this system you know we're socializing and tailoring how we're doing that with yeah. leaders at all levels and we're okay. even telegraphing when we when we do this here's what you're going to hear and then here's how i need you to respond to what you hear okay um so that that communication does have to happen at all levels so we've talked about trust that the team is going to have in the organization and trust that the organization is going to have in the team. And then there's just generally designing an environment or a system or you know, whatever you want to call it um, that we can all trust will give us what we need to be able to do this stuff. I mean, it, that seems to me like those are the three levels we've been focused on. Is there, are there other levels that I'm not thinking of? No, the the only thing, Dave, I'd probably rephrase that that third point. Okay. To say to say we're creating a system that's going to give them new experiences. Okay. That allow them to trust in the system. All right. Cool. All right. So, so yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So where I wanted to, what I wanted to kind of, maybe we can use this to kind of close it out. But for the, for this ver- this part of the conversation. Um, could you could you offer some tactical advice for each of those layers, like something that somebody could do now? If they're just getting started with this stuff, if they acknowledge that trust is an issue, what is something that is just like table stakes with this? Like if, if you haven't done anything, at least this one thing is going to help move you a step closer. Well, the first thing is you don't want to try to bite off the chunk all at once. You don't want to try to eat the elephant all, all at once. Okay. You want to find a, a good, you know, we talk about slices of the organization. You want to find a good slice of your organization to do this with. Um, so maybe that's a specific product that you have. Maybe that's a specific capability um, or, or part of a product. Um, but you want to, you know, make sure you find a good slice where you can do this with a few teams. Yeah. 
And then you also want to make sure you have traceability of that all the way up through the, through the leadership of the organization. So, um, you know, as an example, if you really want to do something around, you know, your security function, like what's a good slice to try this out where you can enroll a couple teams. Yeah. You can enroll the people manager, those teams, and you can enroll, you know, the senior executive leader and say, okay, I want to try to create this slice for this org and create a new way for us to, to look at how we operate. Um, I want to build a trustworthy system where the, the teams are, are making commitments. We're using measures to understand our ability to make commitments. And we're being, you know, observant about is the demand that we're expecting them to deliver and that we're injecting to the system. Are we balancing that with what we understand about what the teams can do? Okay. So I think a starting point is finding the slice, getting that working. And then once you get that working, you're learning and seeing how that, that looks for your organization. Now you can look at how do I scale that out across the org. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's what I would, I would, I would because uh, that's going to provide evidence for the rest of the organization that will help them to learn how to at least trust in the example that is being shown that it's possible. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. Now, in one of the things that Mike mentioned in his talk was he talked about building the marketing department and leading agile. And that was sort of like, I have this piece and this piece and this piece, and none of it's producing what I want because I haven't finished building the system yet that I need to get what I want. Um, when an organization is in these initial stages, that, that pilot team or, you know, slice it, whatever it is, that's the part where we're not going to have all the pieces necessarily right out of the gate. So how do you suggest people cope with that? Yeah, well, you know, we talk about forming teams as kind of the first state step in building, you know, a, a, a reliable system of delivery. Okay. Um, you do need to be intentional about making sure that the teams that you're building have the knowledge and skills necessary. So I think if, if the organization can't commit at the right level to building the team that you're going to need to do this, yeah. Um, then it's probably not, not <laughs> no, probably work. not a good idea to start. Yeah. Not, like, yeah. Oh, yeah it's not going to work or you're going to feel some pain. Okay. Um, the, the, the reason for starting with the slice is, you know, now when I'm thinking about delivery teams, you know, probably not too difficult to think about, okay, I know I got, I got to get a product owner. I got to get a product manager. I have some engineers who are building some things. Um, maybe even have a designer that's helping me out. Like most organizations are okay with that. Yeah. Um, when you start moving up kind of to the product and the portfolio levels, um, that's where it may get a little bit more challenging, but you don't need really big teams there to get things done when you're doing a slice of the organization. Okay. So, so I would encourage, make sure you understand what you're going to need to get it done and make sure you have that role filled. Because if you move forward with known gaps, you're going to experience some pain and maybe not be able to create the new experiences that you want to create. Yeah. Cool. I, I kind of want to, I want to add one thing to it. I think also, and maybe, maybe you agree with this, maybe you don't. Um, this trust that we're trying to build in the very beginning or faith or whatever you want to call it, it, it's taxing. And there's going to be times when people are going to feel like they're, they're not really quite feeling it at the moment. Um, I think creating some kind of release valve 
where people can be frustrated or express some frustration or just let it out, like exhale for a couple minutes. Um, yep. That's an important part of this too. I mean, we, the tension's important, but if you don't let some of the steam out, things are going to collapse. I absolutely think that's true. I mean, you know, we, we've talked a lot about getting reliable and predictable when doing work. You know, you got to create an environment where the team, the teams can retrospect together. Yeah. Right? Or they can be honest and open about here's what's not working. Here's what's frustrating. Here's what's confusing. And maybe that's okay, but I need to express that it's this way. And I need some help understanding on this journey, when do we start addressing those types of things? That's absolutely important to have um, with your teams and for individuals to have those transparent conversations with leaders yeah. as well. And, um, and I think on the management side and on the team side, everybody who's doing that, who's being open about that, they're building trust for themselves and the people around them too, saying, you know what, it's okay to say this out loud. Right. Got to build in safety for the team. We know we've talked a lot about the teams on this this conversation. Got to build safety for the team. Got to build in safety for the leaders. (laughs) You know, that we're we're coming in and we have a point of view and we know this is the right thing to do. But when it's uncomfortable, when it's difficult, hard, confusing, there's safety in that because we know it's a journey. Yeah. Um, That's important. Yeah. This was really cool. Um, so our plan is to do a number of talks around this. I mean, what we were trying to do with this one was to, to talk around the idea of trust and being trustworthy and to go down the rabbit hole a little bit and um, explore different aspects of it. So hopefully that happened for you. There, there is more about this we're going to cover. We're also going to talk do one about value. We're going to talk about um, empowering accountability as well, and other topics around what's important to leaders when it comes to transformation. So if you listen to this and this resonated for you, we would love to hear that. So if you could, or if you hated it, we'd love to hear that too. Um, if you could send an email to dave.prior at leadingagile.com or post something in the show notes, that would be greatly appreciated. Let us know what you thought of it. And Yutan, what if the folks want to get in touch with you? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, so my email is jatan.bowens at leadingagile.com, my first name, dot last name. Or you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Twitter as just at Yatan. Cool. Um, not a lot of us out there, so pretty easy <laughs> to find. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this was great, man. Thanks a lot for doing this. I'm, I'm excited to do more of these. All right, thanks, Dave. So am I. I can eat 50 eggs. Nobody can eat 50 eggs. You just said he could eat anything. You ever eat 50 eggs? Nobody ever eat 50 eggs. Hey, Babalugas, we got a bet here. My boy says he can eat 50 eggs, he can eat 50 eggs. Yeah, but in how long? The hour. Well, I believe I'll take part of that wager. No, do not.